The content provided by this podcast, Health, Wellness, and Community, is for informational purposes only and does not constitute medical or legal advice. The host and guest, including Dr. Moore, who is a certified nurse practitioner, provides insights based on their experiences and expertise in healthcare and community matters. However, the information shared in this podcast should not be considered a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnoses, or treatment and is not tailored to individual circumstances. Always consult with a qualified healthcare provider for personalized recommendations regarding your health. Additionally, the legal aspects discussed are not intended as a replacement for legal advice from qualified professionals. Any actions you take based on the information provided from this podcast are at your own risk. To read the full disclosure, please see the link below. Thank you for joining us on Health, Wellness, and Community. Now, let's get to today's episode. Hello, and welcome back to the Health, Wellness, and Community Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Quentin Moore. This week on the show, I've decided to change things up a little bit. And I'm changing them up in the way that um, I would like to take the liberty of acknowledging three folks who have been very instrumental in my life. With Father's Day quickly approaching, I want to honor three men who made a huge difference in my life in helping me become the man that I am today. Now, I want you to understand that none of these men are biologically kin to me. However, we are connected in a strong way, in a very strong way. For this episode, everything that I say will be coming from my head and from my heart. I'm not going to use a script or anything. I'm just going to talk until I feel that everything that needs to be said is said. And I hope you're willing to go along on this journey with me. Now, I want you to also understand that some of the things that I'm about to say may offend some of my own family members, but the truth must be told and I'm going to call it like I see it. So to start off, I'm going to talk a little bit about my background. I was born in Lexington, Kentucky, and life began for me in the East End projects of Lexington, Kentucky. As a matter of fact, my dress was 250B McCracken Drive. And in order to appreciate that, you had to have lived in the projects. Now, for those of you who have not lived in the projects, it's funny how when I meet somebody who states previously living in the same projects, we can make an instant connection through the simple stating of their old address. Somebody say, hey, I was... I started out in, in East End. I say, really? Me too. I tell them my old address. They tell me their old address. But it's, it's, it's wonderful. It's a nice connection for those of you who aren't familiar with that. Now, those of us who lived in the projects always remembered our home address. I don't know why, but, but that's one of those connections and one of those little quirky things that we make a connection with. Anyway, continuing on about me, I am the third of four children raised by a single mother. 
I'm the oldest boy. My mom had two girls and uh, that would be Sharon and Sharona, then me and then my brother Leroy. And what's funny is my oldest sister, my mom's oldest daughter and oldest son, our birthdays are on the same day. We were born six years apart. And uh, my mother used to tell the story that she asked uh, Sharon what she wanted for her birthday. And she said a baby brother. And this is what she got. So ain't got good. But <laughs> but anyway, um, while my mother raised us to the best of her ability, and let me say that I, I do feel that she did a great job. A single parent, four kids. Uh, she laid down the groundwork as far as uh, being a hard worker, do the best that you can do and things like that. However, there was always something missing in my life, and that was a man in the house, a man to teach me pretty much how to be a man. Like I said earlier, I know I will probably upset some of my family members by saying this, but the fact is my father was not there for many of the significant milestones in my life. I can remember him coming to maybe one of my football games and one or two of my basketball games. And I'm talking about from the age nine when I started playing sports through one year of college basketball. Now, I'm not saying that he was a deadbeat dad by any means. He did help out here and there. uh, And, you know, when I needed some cleats or some clothes and things like that. But uh, when I was born, my father was 50 years old and my mother was 26. Yep. (laughs) You heard it right. My dad was 50. And two months after I was born, he turned 51. And my mom was 26. Now, my father didn't live in the house with us. And the truth is, my father was married when I was born. Maybe this prevented him from doing many of the things that I needed him to do as far as his fatherly duties. Now, let me say that I loved both of my parents. I loved them both. As far as for my father, our relationship It wasn't as close as I would have liked it to be. I did a lot of things to try to win my father's approval and acknowledgement. And um, however, I never once heard my father tell me that he loved me, though I know he did. I never heard that. Now, I'm not asking you to feel sorry for me. I'm just laying down how things went in my life. And due to my relationship with my father, it it wasn't bad, but um, I developed part of my parenting style from what I learned from him, but also from what I learned from other folks. I tell my children that I love them. I was at every football, basketball, baseball, soccer game possible. I was at and continue to go to the parent-teacher meetings. I push education. I don't force it down their throat, but I push the importance of education to my children because that is the one thing that no one can take from you. I try to let my children see God through me, and I fail multiple times, but I try my best 
to let them see God through me. So moving on, um, ever since I can remember, I was the man of the house. At age eight, we moved to a small town called Nicholasville. Some folks know it as Nick Vegas, but um, we moved there uh, at age eight. And here is where three men significantly made a difference in my life in different ways. I think this was God's way of giving me a better chance in life. You know, where they say it takes a village to raise a child. This is one of those cases. And while all of these men, they didn't know what the other was doing. When you combine their efforts all together, they were doing a wonderful job individually, but collaboratively, it was more than wonderful. I'm going to start off with the first, the first man. His name is Bronny Fisher. Bronny Fisher was my baseball coach. And actually, he was more than that. He was also my summer basketball league coach and a life coach. He was someone who took an interest in me from day one when he met me at the baseball tryouts at the age of nine and chose me to provide male guidance to in my life where there was none. He chose me for his team, the good old Dodgers. I still remember the name. It's the Dodgers. I was number 12 and I was out in center field. Number 12 was Dusty Baker back in the day for the Dodgers, even though they were blue and the team I played for, we were orange and white, but um, he, he chose me for that team. And then when I didn't make the all-star team one year, Bronny asked the league if he could pick some kids for a second all-star team. Of course I was, one of the kids that made that team. And we actually played the first all-star team two times. First time we played them, they won the game. They didn't beat us by much, but they won the game. The second time we played, we won that game. So that helped me some. We also played in an all-star tournament down in Versailles, Kentucky that summer. And I remember there was a thing that if you hit a home run, you got a Domino's pizza. Well, guess what? I actually hit a home run and I got that Domino's pizza. (laughs) You know, you mentioned Domino's to me and I'm going to hit 50 home runs if I have to. Well, after I stopped playing baseball, Bronny began asking me if I wanted to play summer league basketball. And I was around 13 at the time. It was junior dirt bowl and then dirt bowl in Lexington. And uh, he was my summer league coach until I was about 18 years old. And since then, we have touched base here and there. But the one thing that Bronny has been consistent with was showing his support at each of my graduations. Each of my graduations. He was there. You know, my associate degree, he was there. My bachelor's, he was there. My master's, he was there. My doctorate, he was there. So in a world, let let, let me say, Bronny had two children as well. And, uh, he had Jill and he had his son, Jackie, and he still has them. But, um, in a world where race relations are viewed so strongly, the color of my skin didn't matter to this man. And, and I'll say, I'll, I'll tell you, Bronny, he, he was a Caucasian man. He's, he is a Caucasian man who saw a young man 
that he could make a difference in his life and did so. And for that, Bronnie Fisher, you will always hold a special place in my heart. I love you for all the things you've done for me. Thank you. The next man is George Busta Baker. (laughs) I came to know this man through his stepson, who was my best friend, James Wilkinson, who we called Del Ray. And, you know, he's just my boy. And um, James was the friend who had a curl and he wore the Michael Jackson jacket and a parachute pants. I, we couldn't afford that, but he, he could, but, uh, he was still cool and we still cool to this day. Anyway, Buster, I don't know of him having any biological children, but this man would treat me like his son. I spent in fifth and sixth grade, maybe seventh grade too. I spent every Friday night at their house and uh, him and his wife, Dottie, they treated me just like their son. They were in a bowling league. We went to the bowling alley and, um, you know, if they gave James $5 to play video games, they gave me $5. They bought us food. When they went to family reunions, I was there. When they went to church, they took me with them on a regular basis. Vacation, Bible school, all of that. But uh, Buster provided me with a father figure role model. He made me feel included. And that that was very important to me. I remember riding in his blue 57 Chevy. I think it's a 57 Chevy. If not 57, it's a 58. But uh, it had that old manual trans uh, transmission and a column shifter is what it is. But when he was driving it, every time he'd go to shift, it looked like he was working out, y'all. I ain't lying. I still wouldn't know how to drive that thing to this day. But it, it was just fun. And sometimes he'd be working on his car and he'd let us hang out and watch him work on his vehicles. Some funny times that I remember, I think the funniest times were when uh, they used to have this old school basketball game. It was Dunbar versus Douglas basketball teams. And these were the old African-American schools, the segregated schools. And they would hold an old school basketball game at the Coolidge building in Nicholasville. And these guys would get out there in their old uniforms and attempt to play again. I'm talking about tight shorts, short shorts, and a bunch of old men still thinking they're 18. And after running up the court two times, we're out of breath. But it was so much fun. Now, Buster was a guard on the basketball team. And and this was just straight comedy. Other things that I remember are uh, when I didn't have money. On occasion, you know, he he would, excuse me, he would give me money for certain things. He also provided me with the support, mentorship, you know, that a young man or boy needs from a man. This included praise and correction when needed. And George Baker, the same goes for you. You will always hold a special place in my heart. I love you for all you've done and thank you. Now, the last man, Paul Bingham. 
also known as Sankey. They said he was a beast in his day playing basketball. He's a beast today as a man of God. I'm talking about he walks the walk, he talks the talk. This man of God was married. He is married. And they had three children. Yet he still found the time to spend with children who were not his own. He showed me that a black man doesn't have to have five women and ten kids to prove his manhood. He is a proud man who doesn't need to be announced when he enters the room. But everybody knows that he's there and that he just came in. He demonstrated what the Bible says about one man and one woman in a godly union. He listened without judgment. He was quick to praise us, yet he had no problem telling us when we were wrong. And this would follow with like an explanation of why we were wrong. He wanted us to be the best that we could be. And um, I remember as a teenager, he would even come play basketball with us on the outside courts. And when he'd come down there, he'd have his shorts on. He'd have these socks that came all the way up to his knees. (laughs) And then he would have these wraps around his knees. Um, But he would play and he could still play. (laughs) Now, let me say again that he was well respected by those who played against him back in the day. And he also played in those games that I was talking about when I talked about Buster playing the old school games. What's what's funny is I have never heard anyone say a bad thing about this man, nor have I seen him do anything for anybody to say a bad thing about him. For those of you who don't know, I worked for the federal prison system for 19 to 20 years and retired. I didn't realize that he worked there when I applied for a job at the same prison. And uh, after I submitted my application, and this man walked to personnel and talked to those people on my behalf. I think I got that job. And I think... I know I got the job, but I think it was in part due to him taking action. To this day, he is consistent every time he sees me. He always tells me that the doors to the Bingham home are always open to me. He always calls me son. That's special to me. And I would be remiss if I didn't acknowledge his beautiful wife, Miss Faye. This lady is a beautiful person and one of the kindest people I've ever known in my life. As far as Sankey goes, I respect this man like no other. So Paul Bingham, you too will always hold a special place in my heart. I love you for all that you have done and thank you. Now, Each of these men not only talk the talk, but they walk the walk. Each touched my life in a different way, which is major. All of them showed me that it's okay to give and receive godly love from another man. Now, being a black male myself, 
from a single parent home. Here's some of my accomplishments, if you will. Uh, you know, man of God, married 24 years. I would hope to be a role model to my two children. I don't want them to have the same questions I had growing up without my dad. I, I don't want to. I don't want them to want to ask their father something, but be hesitant or afraid of asking him, not feeling comfortable asking him that. And uh, right now, I'm, I'm going to say something to both of my children. Quentin and Faith, throughout your lives, when I challenge you, it's to assist you to critically think and problem solve by working through a problem. It's also to show you that I feel or I know that you can do it. Now, know that when I challenge you, I feel you have the ability to work through whatever the problem is. Occasionally, you might fail, but know that I will be there doing my best to comfort your fall and to help you get back up on your feet. Sometimes this is how, you know, we grow. And I love both of you. So moving back to, I guess, my accomplishments. I've obtained a PhD in nursing, retired in the U.S. Public Health Service, from the U.S. Public Health Service. I'm a professor in a university teaching nursing, and I'm active in my church as well as my fraternity, Omega Psi Phi fraternity. So I guess the statistics aren't always right, because if you look at it, if you look at what the statistics say, I should be unmarried, less educated than I am have multiple children by multiple women, and have been incarcerated by now. None of that has been true in my life. With the guidance I've received from these three men, my mom, and some help with my father, my life was changed forever. For those men listening, you may have biological children, you may not have biological children, but no that the children are watching what you do. You can be that difference in a child's life. You don't have to be their biological father. Just be that male role model who is missing in their lives. Fill that void. It can be for a boy or a girl. You can help change the world. With that being said, I think I'm done. I think I'm done honoring these three men who have made a Tremendous difference in my life. I want to thank each of them for allowing God to use them in my life. And lastly, I want to say to each of you, Bronnie Fisher, George Baker, and Paul Bingham, I love you and respect you for life. Thank you for everything you've done for me and not only me, but for others. You are a godsend. May God continue to bless each of you, and I hope that you enjoy your Father's Day. You deserve it. Thank you.